0: Every great champion knows that success, overcoming and winning in life is no accident. Creating individual success is like having a recipe for a great meal. It only works if you know how to use the ingredients. As a best-selling author, entrepreneur, business coach, strategist, and champion, the Lewis Hour Live show provides you the insider's view on winning. All we do is win, 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 helping you become the best version of yourself. Hey, this is Lewis Howard. Thank you for stepping into the studio with me for another conversation today. And as you can see, I'm in a really cool studio. I'm in the master studio here at Mob Studios, our partner production company that has put us on the air. And so we appreciate them and appreciate you for joining the conversation. You listen to me, it's because you are looking for something different. And we are definitely distinctive on here, not just by physical looks. But by the conversation that comes out of my mouth, I've been studying greatness and history and the successful for 20 plus years. I've read over 2000 books. I've been a part of dozens of companies around different countries. Uh, I've been in 21. Let's call it. Let's see. No, I've been in number one companies. Seven years of my 21. So either I'm really lucky or I know how to spot opportunities or I'm adding something to the table. So you're not wasting your time. This is not another guy trying to get followers or trying to become an influencer on YouTube. I just feel like I got a message that I want to share with you and help you become the best version of yourself. I didn't have a you for me. I had to read books. I had to listen to cassette tapes If if some of you know what those are. I had to get it. Uh, by ear hustle and different things. And so I decided whenever I got to a certain level in life, I would make these uh, tools available to those that are still up and coming. If you already got it, my conversation doesn't really matter to you. If you're already a baller, shot caller, if you're already a boss girl, I'm probably not going to do a lot for you. But if you are trying to get from here to there, I can help you. I also want to let you know about my latest book, Actually, the second book called Inside the Mind of Champions. Uh, It is a book that I created for just motivational quotes and thinking. I have over 500 quotes in this book, and uh, it's done by several different chapters on different topics. It's available on Amazon Books, and you can get it if you go on Amazon. You Google Inside the Mind of Champions you will get this book. Some great stuff in here. This is the result of 20 years of study of some of the greatest minds, extraordinary thoughts from some top champions around the world. You got Oprah in the book. You got Michael Jordan in the book, Michael Jackson in the book, Dr. King in the book, uh, Abraham Lincoln in the book. You name it, they're probably in the book. Socrates, remember that guy from school? He's in the book. So check out Inside the Mind of Champions, you can get those live on Amazon Books. And of course, my newest book coming out is called Living Up in a Down World, Staying Steady in Unsteady Times. Really excited about that book to hit the shelves here in the next month or so. We'll have pre-orders available if you want to get the book. So today I want to talk to you about conscientious objective living. You ever heard that term? It's in a lot of 60s movies. If you watch 60s movies, one of my favorite movies is The Big Lebowski. Um, And if you ever watch that movie, and I've watched it a hundred times, you hear that term, conscientious objector. And what is a conscientious objector? It's really a person that for reasons of conscience objects to war or conflict. That's what they are. That is what a conscientious objector is individual. I have a hard time even trying to say it proper. But it's just an individual who has claimed the right to refuse to perform military service on the grounds of freedom or of thought conscious or religion. And in some countries, conscientious objectors are assigned as an alternative civilian service. So instead of going to war, they are assigned a different job. They don't have to go on the front lines. They don't have to go into battle. They don't have to pick up a weapon they can go into civilian service as a substitute for the conscription of military conflict by serving in the armed forces. In other words, countries give a conscientious objector a way to serve the country, but not conflict with their moral. So a conscientious objector, just again, is someone that is uh, opposed to serving in the armed forces, and of bearing arms on the grounds of moral or religious convictions. We all remember the story, the biography of Muhammad Ali, one of the greatest champions to ever live, one of the greatest boxers everlast. You think of Everlast, you think of Muhammad Ali. Well, Muhammad Ali was a conscientious objector, and he literally allowed himself to be stripped of his titles to not make money for many years and go through an extensive legal process to support his view of the war at the time, which was Vietnam. I mean, he probably is the poster child, the model citizen for conscientious objectors. Most people doing that conflict went to Canada because if you went to Canada during the Vietnam War, they would house you as a conscientious objector living there. But Muhammad Ali didn't leave the country. He stood right here in the middle of that. So when you think of that, he's probably the biggest face that I know of in my lifetime of conscientious objective. The U.S. Selective Service, which is who drafts people into war during that period of time. Now, today we live in peacetime, so we don't have drafts. You're not drafted into service. There have been a couple conflicts where I think the presidents at the time have thought about drafting people. But by and large, we are free to choose, right? You just join free. You don't have to be drafted in. But this term came about because people didn't have that choice. They were drafted into war. They were drafted into uh, service. So until the late 20th century, only members of certain religious groups known for their pacifist beliefs, including Quakers and Mennonites, could qualify for conscientious objector status. But in 1971, a U.S. Supreme Court decided that the criteria could include anyone who had deeply held beliefs that caused them to oppose participation. Anyone who had deeply opposed views that prevented them from participating in war. This definition has crafted been crafted carefully to prevent claims of conscientious objector status to avoid service in particular wars, such as the Vietnam War. Many of us don't even deal with that today because it's just not a thing. But the spirit of conscientious objector still lives. And we're going to talk about that today and tie that in to really how that applies to our 21st, 2020, 21, 2022 uh, issues that we are dealing with in various areas of our life. War is defined as a state of armed conflict between different nations, which could be peoples, states, countries, or unions that have differences with each other. You're an American, you know of the Civil War, you shouldn't be old enough to have gone through the Civil War watching this show, but you should know of the Civil War. You probably studied in school or in college. That was a division of America. You've seen other conflicts with different countries and nations. That's war, right? Anytime you have a conflict, a difference of viewpoints, a threat by one party or another to another individual group, culture, you're at war. And it is, it is defined as war. Now, America, as we're doing the Lewis Howard live show today, we're in a war, but it's a different type of war. We're warring with a pandemic. We are a pandemic that has been leashed on our country out from outside of our country and has taken the lives of hundreds of thousands of Americans and close to a million around the world. That's a lot of people gone as a result of a conflict caused by disease. Right. That's our enemy. We are warring against that. There are doctors, first responders, uh, lawmakers, legislators, leaders going into battle, into service, to battle that enemy. Now, what if they had decided, we don't want to do it, we're conscientious objector, we don't believe we want to fight that disease? Not really practical, but you can kind of get a sense of what a conscientious objector can be, depending on what the conflict but we're really fighting a lot of public and private war some you know about some you don't right you either on the inside or on the outside our show is really about an insider's perspective i'm not trying to tell you what the news already tells you you can go get that from the local media news and most of facebook i'm trying to give you a perspective of what the news doesn't share with you about what impacts your life every single day whether you are in the united states or around the world Watching this program, what goes on behind the scenes uh, impacts you in public. We're going to take a quick break and we'll come back. I'm going to jump in to a a little more in-depth view of really what a conscientious objector is, what a moderate is and how it impacts our political landscape, our economic landscape, our cultural landscape today. You're listening to Lewis Howard Live. Stay with us. We're going to jump to a quick break, give a shout out to our sponsors. We'll be right back. The Millionaire Club Charity is one of Seattle's oldest existing charities. In addition to job placement and employment services, the Millionaire Club provides job training and licensing to help workers become qualified and job ready. From nutritious meals and sack lunches to housing assistance to stabilize their lives. Despite its name, the donors to the Millionaire Club are ordinary citizens with a desire and passion to help fellow citizens overcome the barriers of employment and housing. For more information, call 206-728-JOBS or go to millionaireclub.org. Hey, thanks for joining me for a conversation on Lewis Howard Live. I hope you've been able to get access to our new televised podcast. We have a library of over 500 shows that you can choose from, including the topic we're talking about today. You can upload it mp3 mp4 and you can send it to a friend and we want to know if we're making a difference we want to know if you're seeing something one thing in the show that is helping it you can go to lewishourlive.com fill out the contact information and our team will get that to let us know that we are reaching and helping make a difference I like to be relevant fresh and practical. I don't want to give you yesterday's news, regurgitated information. We want to give you something that's going to make a difference. Today we're talking about what is a conscientious objector? What is a moderate? What is that term that most media and politics like to skip over that term? I'm going right after that term because I think that term has um, importance. As again, we're in public and private wars. We're in we're at economic wars We're in political wars. We're in culture wars. We have social justice protests going on. uh, We have economic wars, Main Street versus Wall Street. If you don't think that's a war, look at your paycheck. It's a war. Because what you make on your paycheck versus what Wall Street makes on their paycheck, it's not even close. I was watching the movie The Big Short. And if you haven't seen that movie, you should watch it. As you can tell, I'm a movie and a book guy. So I'll give you a lot of references. If you'd like to do homework, you should see the movie. If you hadn't seen the movie, The Big Short, because it talks a lot about the 2008 fallout and what happened and in parts why it happened. What they were doing on Wall Street that affected us on Main Street. I was an executive of a multi-million dollar development company at the time. And I can remember our sales just going down, 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 down till we were down to one or two sales a month when we had been at a hundred million plus annually in revenue. That's a big change. People can't keep their jobs under those kind of conditions. We were building houses nobody was buying. Meanwhile, on Wall Street, they were cooking up CDOs, tranches, packaged securities, making Billions of dollars off of you buying a home, achieving your version of the American dream. So it still irks me to watch the show, but I have watched it. But you should watch The Big Short because it gives you a perspective of what really goes on and what creates a battle that you have to endure. Wall Street plays, Main Street pays. That's a battle because we really don't want to be in that kind of position where somebody else is making rules. Now we got to follow. And uh, we weren't at the table to have that kind of decision. So since 2000, I believe America has become really a divided nation. Uh, We're divided on everything, politically divided, social media divided, uh, relationally divided. Fifty percent of all marriages are ended in divorce. That's division. Uh, 50% of people are Democrats. The other 50% are Republicans. Do you know who affects elections? Conscientious objectors and those moderates. Those are the people right down the middle. It's the 1%. 1% can change the outcome of election. 1%. Okay, 50 are going to be entrenched in their various beliefs. They don't move their views. So when one party is talking, they're not talking to their group. They're talking to the undecided voter or group. That is what America has become. That is the political scape of America. We're after the 1%. We don't care about your group. They're already there. You know, you'd be a saying used to be a saying when I grew up called you're preaching to the choir. Well, if you already got 49% in your group. You're preaching to the choir. They're already converted. You're trying to get the unconverted. That's the 1%. That really is what America's politics has to become. Unlike advertising, where advertising is trying to reach the masses. They're trying to get the most people to go buy that vehicle that they can. So they're trying to convert a larger audience. Politics is not. Politics is trying to convert a smaller percentage that will swing One way or another. And it's an ugly fight as you've seen in our recent election. It's an ugly, toxic, go nuclear, button kind of fight. It's really sad to see that we can no longer disagree. So this is why I really want to highlight the conscientious objector. Because the conscientious objector says, I don't like neither side. The conscientious objector says, I want out. I don't want to have to participate in this process. where I have to choose side or I have to go and confront something or bear arms to something. I don't agree. I want out. Doesn't mean I hate America. Just means I don't support this particular cause. However, in our country today, we don't have room for that. You have to choose one side or the other. You don't get to sit it out. Okay? You look at most of our social media is one side or the other. Anybody trying to sit it out or straddle the middle gets just tranced on. And so that shouldn't be. We should be able to agree to disagree. We don't have to break up relationships cause we can't agree. I live in a Seattle it's where the show is being broadcast from. And Seattle is a very definite, Um, progressive area. And it has definite views about most things politically, economically and relationally and so forth. Most people in the Midwest, Midwestern part of the United States, Kansas, Ohio, um, those areas, they're by and large moderate which means they can go either way. They're kind of flexible. They tend to probably be more conservative, but they can be flexible. But when you look at the outer coast of the United States, they're pretty entrenched in their views. That creates a clash. Here's why. Because most of the wealth is concentrated on the East Coast and the West Coast. There's been a $70 billion transfer in wealth over the last several years to the baby boomer generation from their parents, and most of that went to the East Coast and the West Coast. It didn't go to the Midwest because most of those people are lower economic. They're agrarian uh, farmers, uh, you know, factory workers. But ain't a whole lot of factories on the East Coast and the West Coast. That's technology. That's banking. Right. Those are the systems that really drive our nation. And so you become that system versus everyday people who get up and trying to feed their family. Uh, It's a clash. And so it creates a little bit of this 50-50 issue that we are dealing with uh, in the election. I get so I don't even like to watch TV. I don't like to watch news because if I watch news, I got to do one of two things. I got to decide which narrative I want to follow because that's the only narrative that station is going to promote. Or I got to go to six different stations to get a sense of understanding on one story. If the, if, the, if the Dow went up or down, which the Dow is the Wall Street, i got to go to several different stations just to see what was the real story on that. And that shouldn't be. That's why I think stations like where we do this thing on YouTube and Twitch and Facebook is so cool. Because it's people like me coming straight to people like you. I don't have a bunch of makeup. I don't have professional script writers and people telling me what I need to say. I'm the producer. I'm the owner of the show. I get to say what I believe. And I think that's refreshing. That really is what America is about. So shout out to all of you out there doing podcasts, doing video streams, doing Spotify, TikTok, wherever you can get your message out. Shout out to you because you really are I think the ground roots of what America is. I think when you get above, I think people have lost a sense of really what America is. America is not their narrative. America is the people, right? It is the people that love America, go to work every day, raise your kids, deal with the trauma and the drama, deal with the traffic. Right. Trying to survive, get to Starbucks every day to get your cup of coffee like I do and really trying to live your best life. But you're living it on a cloud of individuals who try to control what you think and what you say and what you do. If you just join a conversation, it really is about the uh, the moderate, the uh, the ability to be a conscientious objector, I really want to promote that because I think that's important. I think we should be able to carve out a middle ground. I think you should be able to decide, I don't like Republicans or Democrats, right? I, I believe in this. I don't think their view on either one of these issues are correct. There should be a third option. We shouldn't have to be forced to choose door number one or door number two, are you on American? I don't think that's the way the Constitution was created. I don't think that's what democracy was found on. And I think that is the driving of somebody's narrative and advertising and marketing and political influence that's trying to uh, cause us to choose one way or another. So think about why we think the way that we do and think about the value of just being independent. Right. I think you're not being the smartest person if you make up your mind before you hear an issue. If you make up your mind because you don't like the person, I don't think you're using all the best God given talents and abilities that you have. I think you have to hear the issue. That's the purpose of having debates, because supposedly we can hear the issues and after the issues, we can make up our minds about what we like about a candidate. A company should tell us what they stand for first before they push their products down our throat. If you turn on your TV, you are bombarded with advertising, primarily medical coverage. They're telling you about this great drug that'll make you 20 years younger and make you, you know, a better person, stronger, healthier and whatever, but they don't tell you the side effects. They don't tell you the things that this drug does to you that it shouldn't be doing to you. We should know everything. Before I decide to take their drug, I shouldn't just know the happy facts. I should know all the facts. And it shouldn't be the fine print just at the bottom of the commercial or the ad, you know, that you need, you know, 2020 vision to be able to see. So, you should be able to at different times. I'm not saying on every issue, but I think there's time where I want to be a I want to be the moderate. I want to be the conscientious objector to an issue. There's times where I don't like either side. I want to be able to make that decision, and you should too. So moderates really have a lot of impact because 1% can sway an issue one way or another. Uh, 1% donation can sway an issue. 1% vote. It's a lot. And uh, I think that voice gets covered over, gets taken for granted. And uh, yet it is a powerful voice in our world and especially in our democracy uh, in America. So as a takeaway, I just want to share with you, I think, how moderate, middle-minded, independent people tend to respond when they hear issue. Number one, as I said, they tend to listen to all the facts and don't jump to an admitted conclusion if they don't like the individual or they don't like how it sounds. It's like going to your parent with a problem or going to somebody you trust with a problem. Don't you want them to hear out all the facts before they jump to the conclusion If you crash the car, don't you want your parent to hear out all the facts of what happened before they jump to a conclusion and call you irresponsible and an idiot? If you make a mistake with your spouse, don't you want them to hear out all the facts? You don't want them to assume you're wrong. If I'm charged with a crime, I've not been charged with a crime, but if I were, I want the judge to hear out all the facts before jumping to a conclusion. It would undermine our jurisprudence in America if that happened. That's the mindset of a a moderate, of a conscientious objection. Let me hear all the thoughts. Let me make up my own mind. Don't you, CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, make up my mind for me. Don't you, advertiser... Make up my mind for you. I'm a grown man. I've lived in this world 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. I should be able to make my own decision. Just give me the facts, Jack. I'll make my own choices. That's moderate thinking. Number two is they research. Okay. You have this smartphone. I got this device in front of me. Use it. Research. Don't be a guppy and just swallow everything. Do your homework. And this is a problem in America because we're so busy. We don't have time. So we have these trusted sources. You know, the little green thing come up on your your internet sometimes. Trusted sources. Well, sometimes CNN becomes your trusted source. Fox becomes your trusted source. MSNBC. So you decide to believe everything that they say. Secondly, you think, if I saw it on the internet, it must be true. Don't believe that. We have so much technology that can make people say anything, sound a certain way. You got to do research. And I'm telling you that if you want to answer on one subject, you better research four or five multiple resources on that one subject. It may surprise you if you want to find out about. Living long, you probably need a six, seven different things because you have seven different people that's going to tell you different things. Insurance is going to tell you one thing. Medical profession is going to tell you another. Culture is going to tell you another. Your job may tell you another. You've got to draw your own conclusion. Do your own homework, please. If you get nothing else from what I said today, do some research. Number three. If they choose to support an issue, we're talking about the conscientious objector and the moderate individual. they choose to support an issue, they do so quietly. They don't protest. They're not out in the streets. They do so quietly. And you know how they do it? Primarily through their financial support. And they do it through personal alliances. Every group that I'm talking about have personal alliances that you never hear about that's supporting them financially, supporting their cause. This is how... Because they don't want their names on the front page. They don't need to be interviewed by Don Lemon on CNN. They don't need to be interviewed on Hannity. They don't need to be interviewed by Rachel. They are quiet and you never hear from them and you never see them and you almost know that they don't exist. But that 1% influences a lot of what you think if they believe in a certain program, group, organization or narrative. Number four is they offer peaceful resistance And they don't support the mob mentality. So the conscientious objector may object to war or economic or social or cultural, but they don't burn down things. They don't tear up things. They don't destroy things. They don't kill things, but they make their support known through the organizations and through the groups that they support and that they believe in. Number five is they stay open. If you're going to be a moderate, you're going to be an independent, you're going to be a conscientious objector. You got to stay open. People on both sides, they dig in. Right. If you're in one political party or another, you dig yourself in and you don't come out. You come out swinging, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's at your job, whether it's in a relationship. I know relationships that are broken up over political views. I know divorces that have happened over political views. I know of partnerships that have gone south over economic viewpoints. I think that's a terrible place that we've come to in America where we have to nuclearize each other if somebody doesn't agree with our viewpoint. It's not America. That's not the constitution, the foundation of what this country is. It's a basic that we're pursuing freedom. We can agree to disagree, but we still love each other at the end of the day. I I feel like that that's leaving our country. If I'm wrong, let me know. Give me some examples. Send me some emojis. Give me some examples of great people who have great debates and still walk away from the table and they're still friends. You join the conversation late. and You wonder what I'm talking about. We're talking about being a moderate, independent, conscientious, objector, thinker. There still should be room for that in america lastly uh, they don't risk their life and freedom and assets that they work for years to acquire for short-term actions or support i always say people with no assets can act very differently than people with assets if you got a family and you have children and you have income and wealth or assets that you've built over 5, 10, 15, 20 years, you would be foolish to put that on the line for some short-term position that may not even stand the test of time. The founding members of the Constitution, those 13 people, when they created that document, you know what they said at that time? They said, we pledge our lives, right? Right. We lay our lives on the line. But you know what? They didn't have anything. That was the whole deal, right? Now, when you think about assets and things that you've built, you got to make decisions wisely. You got to decide who you want to be uh, in bed with, so to speak. Who do you want to be a bet fellow or a woman fellow with? Who do you want alignment with? Facebook will align you with certain causes and groups you may not like, and it could put you at risk on your job. In relationships, in opportunities, in partnerships, moderate, independent, conscientious, objective. They make those decisions wisely. And if they believe it, they'll pledge your lives. They're all in. But you got to give them the facts. You got to give them something to go in. You can't just be marching up and down the street and see me on the sidewalk and say, hey, come on and join us. We're going for a cause. And I don't even know who's the leader of this cause. What's the purpose of this cause? What are the consequence of following this cause? Right? Where is this cause going to be in five years, f- five minutes, 10 years or 20 years? You've got to make those decisions wise. So just a few thoughts today to think about the conscientious objector live from Mob Studios in the control room, just chilling out. Let us know if we've had any kind of impact to helping you become the best version of of yourself i'm lewis howard thank you for joining lewis howard live we'll see you again on another edition of lewis howard live it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win